Right, so um, a lot of you know Cassidy. Uh, she has spent the past year serving as an overseas missionary in Uganda. And we're delighted to uh, have her back with us for the next few weeks of the summer. Um, and a lot of you have been supporting her work. Cassidy's been working with an organization called Good Shepherds Fold, teaching the children of missionaries. Um, and so before she left, for about a year, she went through a process of discernment with us uh, in this church, discerning the Lord's call in her life um, with a small group that included me and Naomi and Elizabeth Riley. Um, and after a lot of conversation and prayer, we concluded that it was the Lord's call, that it was his will, that she accept this invitation that she had to go and serve in Uganda with uh, Good Shepherd's Fold. Um, and while she was there, she was also going to explore other opportunities to minister the gospel in East Africa. So that's what Cassidy's been doing. Um, in, the, uh, in the previous year, before she went away on this trip, she also did two other trips. She went uh, on a missionary trip to New York and another one to Uganda. Um, and those previous trips taught her some things about herself that were important for us to bear in mind uh, as we discerned her long-term call. So she learned that her heart is drawn to work among the people of East Africa, um, but also that she really needs a strong community around her. That's kind of important for everyone, but it's particularly important for Cassidy, and she really struggles when that's missing. Um, and sad to say, she's also had a pattern in her life of suffering under bad leadership. Um, so part of our discernment meetings, we're praying together, praying hard for good and wise leaders um, for her. Um, so Cassidy went off into this year in Uganda with a combination of both faith and fear. Uh, she was confident that the Lord was calling her, that this was his will. But she was also apprehensive about what lay ahead. And I'm going to let her explain more. So, when I was 15 is when I first felt the Lord's call on my life to be a missionary in East Africa. Um, in effect, he said to me the same words that he said to the disciples today, let us go over to the other side. <laughs> um, and this call served as a compass in my life, direct guiding me in that direction. And as John mentioned, I interned with the children's ministry in New York, and directly after, took a vision trip to Uganda, where I visited widows and orphans and the terminally ill. I learned a lot in a little time from those experiences about God and ministry and myself. And I had high hopes that I would find my fit in one of these ministries. But afterwards, neither really felt right for my long-term health or success on the mission field. And that re realization resulted in almost a year of great frustration, disappointment, and discouragement. So I had mixed emotions when presented with the opportunity to return to Uganda to serve with Good Shepherd's Fold. It seemed promising, but it was hard for me to get my hopes up when it presented all the same risks as the ones before it. I told Jesus all the risks and reasons why it might be a bad idea. <laughs> Teaching. Teaching makes me want to squirm, and what if I totally fail? Worse yet, what if I hate it and fail, and I don't have a community around me? What if I invest a year of my life into this, and I don't fit in this team or this ministry? What if I end up no closer to the other side? Yeah, so um, I'm going to pick up on this idea of known risk. Cassidy took a known risk in going back. Uganda again. Um, she knew that crossing to the other side with Jesus would be risky. 
she knew kind of some of the things that might look like and what might go wrong. So um, this is a good time to pick up Mark chapter 4 um, from a Bible in front of you, uh, page 839. Uh, we see the same idea in Mark 4 of a known risk. <coughs> Page 839, Mark chapter 4. So this is the story about how Jesus calmed a storm, and it begins in verse 35, where it says, On that day when evening had come, Jesus said to them, Let us go across to the other side. So to give you a bit of background, Jesus had been teaching all day. He'd been teaching people all day long. Um, and uh, he was teaching from Peter's fishing boat, uh, which was just, a, you know, I guess a few feet off the, off the shore of the jetty uh, in Capernaum. And he was sitting in the boat and teaching a huge crowd that was on the shore uh, at Capernaum. Um, and then when evening came, Jesus had been teaching all day, and the disciples were ready for dinner. Uh, what he says to them is, let's go across the lake now. Evening's here, we're going to cross the lake at night, okay? So Jesus wanted to leave the safe, shallow part where the fishermen worked and cross over the dangerous deep part where huge storms could spring up at any moment. And several of Jesus' disciples were experienced fishermen, and they would have known that this was a bad idea. It's a bad idea. Jesus was taking a huge risk. And they might have been tempted to explain to him how dangerous it was, uh, but instead they trusted that he knew what he was doing, and they did as he said. And I would say that in and of itself shows that they already had an impressive amount of faith in him. They faced a known risk because he told them to. And their worst fear would have been the idea of running into a big storm in the deep lake in the middle of the night. That would have been their worst fear. That would have been the thing that they just couldn't imagine happening. Uh, but that is exactly what did happen when they followed what Jesus told them to do. The very thing that they were worried about. They were hit by a huge storm at the worst possible moment. And their worst fears were realized. Now, from a young age, whether from wisdom or fear or a combination of both... I've had a knack for perceiving potential dangers or pitfalls from miles away, <laughs> and for better or worse, being the person that said, I told you so. <laughs> and had I been on that boat with Jesus, you can guarantee I would have told him it was an awful idea and all of the reasons why. <laughs> and I do that very same thing with Jesus in my own life. I warned him of all the storms that could come and keep me from getting to the other side. Yet, as John said, we discern that the Lord said, go, so I went. In the psalm that we just sang, it talks about these merchants who went to do business in the sea and saw the wonders of the Lord. But then the waves rose, and it says, in their peril, they, their courage melted away. Well, Christmas break, for me, the storm came. The waves rose. I expected that I would struggle through the first few months, but eventually find my feet, and instead I found myself limping across the finish line of the first semester. I wasn't thriving or living into my passion. I was completely exhausted and discouraged. And to make matters worse, I felt alone, too. The other missionaries all had their families there. Um, I was the only single missionary and the only one my age on my team. Um, 
And now it was Christmas break, so all of my friends that were my age in town had gone back to the States for Christmas. Um, I guess you could say in that moment, my greatest fears were realized. My courage melted away and I yelled at Jesus, I told you so. I told you teaching wasn't it. I told you I needed a sense of team and community to thrive. I told you this didn't look like what you called me to do. And that's pretty much the exact reaction that the disciples had when they faced their worst fear in Mark chapter 4. Basically, they panicked. They freaked out. The storm came and they shook Jesus awake and screamed at him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? In other words, how can you lie there sleeping? Come help us bail. Come help us row. Come and do something. After all, it's your fault that we got here in the first place. And I don't think that even after all the amazing things that they'd already seen Jesus do, that the disciples actually expected him to calm the storm. That wasn't what they were waking him to do. Um, but at least he could help in some other ways. There were plenty of work around the boat, and he had no right to be sleeping. Um, but when Jesus woke up, he spoke two words of rebuke, didn't he? It's, he rebukes two things. It's uh, two words of correction. So first, he told off the storm. And then he turned around and told off his disciples too. So he told off the storm as if it had no right to bring the forces of death to the doorstep of the author of life. It had no right. And he was right about that. And the storm listened to him and it stopped raging and everything went quiet. But then, in the calm and the stillness that followed, Jesus turned around to his disciples and he rebuked them too. As if they had no right to bring their own chaos of terror to the doorstep of the Prince of Peace. And again, he was right. So in verse 40, he said to them, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? You still have no faith. So we wonder, how might they have behaved differently if they did have faith? What would their behavior look like then? And I think the answer to that is that they probably would have done exactly what Jesus did. They would have slept peacefully on a cushion while the storm raged around. Because in his sleeping, Jesus was showing them what faith looked like. He was modeling it for them. Jesus himself had faith in his Father. He knew that his body was safe because it was reserved for a far more significant death than this. And his disciples, in turn, should have had faith in Jesus, not second-guessing him and waiting to say, I told you so, but instead knowing how safe they were to be following his will. Now, I wish I could tell you that I responded to my storm differently, but I did not. <laughs> I looked at the music class that I never expected to teach, that I had no training or resources with which to teach it, and it was full of disappointed and disrespectful teenagers, and I was terrified. I was drowning in the waves of what they said or what I imagined them saying that confirmed all my own fears that I didn't know what I was doing, that I would fail, and that I shouldn't be here. I, like the disciples, gave in to fear. But I too, like the disciples, was given a lesson in faith. 
During the storm over that break, the Lord spoke to my heart. He said, Cassidy, don't let them put out your fire. Stand in your joy, in your passion, in your zeal. These kids are going to test you. Satan is going to test you. They want to know if you're genuine, if you'll hold up against the pushback. But stand. I know who I've chosen. I don't make mistakes. Hmm. I sent you here. Hmm. Stand in that. This wasn't my choice. It was his. The Lord had chosen me for this task, and he only asked me to make one choice, and that was to trust and obey him. And just as he rebuked the disciples, he gave me a word that wouldn't make sense until much later. He said, this isn't about you. Your obedience affects more than you. I wish I could say it was smooth sailing from that point on, but it wasn't. It was smoother, but I still questioned and doubted and complained. I cried out to the Lord in my distress all the way up until the last day of school. But then I stood in awe of my students and the faithfulness of the Lord. Can you put the pictures up? My heart swelled as my students who previously couldn't play guitar and were terrified to even try, performed a whole song. As students who were previously afraid to play in front of others led us all in worship. As students who wouldn't give me the time of day, thanked me for teaching them music and being a friend to them. A few days after school ended, one of those said music students came and told me a secret. She said, you know, the whole secondary school had a running bet that you wouldn't make it past Christmas break. <laughs> she said, it wasn't until you made it past that checkpoint that she and the other missionary kids who expect all the new people to give up or just leave, um, because that's what they're so used to seeing, these short-term people come on, on often on the field. Um, that it wasn't until you made it past that point that we were willing to give you a chance. And ironically enough, it was the day that I had given my students a devotion on following Jesus into your fears that this same girl decided to let down her own walls she had put up with me out of fear for getting to know another person that she would just have to say goodbye to. She said, it was that day I realized, this girl is trying really hard. <laughs> <laughs> She's away from her home, her friends, and her family, but she's really trying to make this work and serve God and us. And Jesus told me to stop presuming and being rude to you. And in that moment, it was as if Jesus turned to me and said, I told you so. <laughs> and I, like the foolish and fearful disciples, was left speechless. The disciples panicked, not only because their worst fears were actualized, but because there was nothing they could do to stop it. The waves were out of their control, and that was until Jesus rose to meet them. And in that moment, the disciples, along with the waves, were silenced, realizing that while the storm was out of their control, it was never out of his. This year, I took a step of faith only to have Jesus expose more of my fear. 
I learned that following what Jesus says doesn't guarantee safety or success as we often understand it. Following Jesus may actually lead you into the very thing you fear. But he also taught me that the one who said, let's go over to the other side, is also the one in full control of getting us there. And in the end, his main concern is not that we get to the other side storm-free, but that I know more on that side than I knew on this side of who's in the boat with me. So I want us to consider, is there a storm that you're currently trying to avoid or you're caught in? And what might Jesus be trying to teach you about himself through it? So we're going to take a few moments in silence now to listen to what God might be saying to us. Who is this? They ask each other. Even the winds and waves obey him. <laughs> 